Alright. Let's pick up the Saturday show. We could call this March 2nd, year 2013. And we'll call this Bonus 3. Wrote this? Yes. These were, these were uh, maybe some of the great, uh, the great love love poems of all time. So you have oh, okay. the, the, the great music behind it, and then famous singers like the Andrew Sisters or Doris Day or whatever sing the songs in between them. Why do I love you? Why do I love you? Yeah, that was a gigantic hit. And, wow. And uh, poetry is very, very big on radio. Um, I had no idea. How did that get by me? How did you let that get by I me? I know. How I have, you well, didn't tell me? I haven't taught you everything. I know yet. I know. You know, I keep getting it in teaspoons full. I That's want true. the whole gallon. I know. But, but, and local shows would do it too. It was a great classic uh, way for them to fill in. I mean, you look what radio did. And probably because there was so much of it, they had to speed network programming. You had a thing called the Gospel Center, which we see would go in and just sing gospel on nationwide radio. Um, then you would have a choral group, and then you 15-minute shows. Then somebody coming in to read poetry. Then somebody doing with a guitar and singing country songs. And then somebody, uh, you know, three sisters sing songs. It was just a uh, uh, a hot pie of different stuff. Well, you have variety of every time. When you think about it, at work. Yeah. In the station. Yeah. Variety yeah. of just about everything you can imagine. Uh, you, you, golden age of radio, I can honestly say, you were never a listener. Not everyone had different genres they liked. No one ever say there was a lack of something here. But, you know, interesting thing, too, to think about it, the two heads of the famous networks, David Sarnoff, and William Payle, you know what their favorite content was in radio? Yeah. How about you, Patricia? I would say poetry because we're talking about that. Something even more highbrow. Uh, Opera? Classical music. Classical music. Yeah, so, right, and both of them love classical music, and they really sort of thought that should be a main staple. And a lot of times they went ahead and picked up the bill themselves. Yep, and and it was uh, paid by the bill, full orchestra live, and sometime an hour fifteen to ninety minutes of classical music. And you also got, and you also got, uh, well, you had, you had shows. ABC had a show called uh, name of the piano, the Piano Playhouse. Mm-hmm. Where where piano music was specialized. Right. Audition of the year. But these were like up coming up, not made it yet. They got a chance to Jim is breaking up on me. Uh huh, I hear the same thing. Uh, can you hear me now? Yeah. Go yeah, ahead. we can hear you. It's just that, you know, I'm missing a word here and there. Yeah, the Metropolitan Opera Auditions of the Year, and, and, it, and, all, and all these programs gave people an appreciation of, uh, and then you, you had the show that NBC had for young people with Walter Damrosh. Yeah. 
which was, you know, local, the local classroom would carry this program to learn about classical music or how instruments are played during the day for the school kids. All right, now here's the question. How many school kids today, serious question, how many school kids today could we convince to even listen to one of those shows? 10% maybe. I think you're overly generous. What do you think, Jim? Well, I think it would be slim, but you would have, you would have to pick one. I, I, think I mean, even if, if it's just cherry-picking kids, even. Well, now going in and, and saying, well, who who is in the band or who is in the choir? Well, Walden says, Walden says 10%. Yeah. What do you think? It's probably less, but then again, uh, if, if they, once they hear something, our, our classical station up here, KDFC, non-commercial unless they're supported now, they have a feature every morning at 7.30 called the Off the Cool Request, where people can request a classical CD by emailing the host. Mm-hmm. And you'll be surprised how many kids or our parents for say their kid's 10th birthday or 13th birthday will request a classical theme. Uh, well, how encouraging. Thank you for telling me that. Well, let me throw something at both of you. I, I grew up in a school district that exposed us to both opera and classical music. Mm-hmm. And we would have live operas come to our school and perform. Also, we would, we would be taken out of school to go to classical music concerts. During the day. Did did Yeah. Oh, let me ask you this. Patricia, did you have live music in school? Did you what did, live did, music? Yeah. Occasionally we did, yeah, in high school. Did now how about elementary did you ever have an elementary music instructor that would come to your class once a week to teach music? We had a music teacher who was a wreck of a mother who I have no idea what her what her background was. This woman was she made a a willow tree in a high wind look calm. And she came in once a week and tried to get people to sing uh-huh. and we learned nothing. But in high school we had some live performances. How about you, Jim? I, did did you ever have live music? Did you when you taught live music? And gee, this is what I'm wondering. It's all just taken out of the schools now. Huh? I it, it probably is with yeah. the austerity. I mean, the 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 cutbacks in schools started with Ronald Reagan, and they just kept 
rolling on along. And yeah. these these were considered discretionary classes, yeah. but they were non-academic, and most of them went. You're right. Now, I'll go... I remember the title. It was about a music teacher at a school. In, high, in L.A., I think. And he, all the troubles he had, uh, she, well, he had the interesting story about him and the relations with his family and the kids and his class. And Richard Wright was a very good But what was interesting about it was one of the issues in the film was cutting, down, cutting back music programs. Mm-hmm. Now, I guess... But I think it's important that... Um, but I'm encouraged when I hear these kids request things. Some of it are the modern things, like the scene from Star Wars, but there are kids that request the flight of the bumblebee. One, one, one youngster requests the sleeping beauty's walls. Uh, there's always something by Mozart. So a lot of children, teenagers, who, or they say through their parents or them, will send emails. So I guess the question is, um, how much does this depends on the family? In other words, I grew up in a family that was exposed to live concerts. You know, we would attend the free live concerts throughout the summer, the classical music and different things. So maybe those kids would have been exposed by parents who wanted them, and so they, they've been exposed, so they are the one contacting. I don't know. It's the, music and just couldn't believe what I was listening to. 
But if I had heard it earlier, I would have loved it then, too. Well, I have to admit, sometimes when you hear it, you hear it in the strangest places. And, you know, if you not, and you forget that it was uh, the first time you heard it, it wasn't for its original purpose. Like, when I hear uh, one of the Hungarian Rhapsodies that they play on the KDS I forget, I don't know, it may be, I don't know, Cliff, one of the other, one of the Hungarian Rhapsodies, you realize with horror when you hear it, what you're thinking of is Daffy Duck Rhapsody, the song Daffy Duck. Oh, my gosh. Or, take- what am I, what, someone once said I, that an intellectual is someone who, when he hears the William Shell Overture, he does not think of the Lone Ranger. Doesn't think of the Lone Ranger, right. And I just can't, I'm afraid that I can never make that intellectual cut because that's so ingrained in my head. Mm-hmm. Every time I hear the music, I think, I don't think of Switzerland at all. I think of that fiery horse and Red Boy's announcement and the gunshots and and uh, you could say the same thing, I guess, about the flight of the bumblebee and the green hornet, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Now, the Sergeant Preston theme, the Donna Deanna Overture, I don't know what Donna Deanna, well, I guess I assume that was an opera. I think it was an opera. Yeah, and the, and the Sergeant Preston theme is like in the middle of that overture. It, it, yeah, it's, it's not even the overture, it's in the middle of the, Piece. Of the opera. Yeah. Oh, Mama Mia. Oh, my goodness. Did you... They must have done... like This is like a Johnny Dollar serial, you know? You come back for five segments, and we'll, we'll, we'll pick up a little bit of where we left off, and then you can go have dinner. Oh, my gosh. Boy, I hope they had a lot of characters. That's an awful lot of singing. Uh, wow. Especially if you don't understand the language, I guess. You know, when they've done, I understand they've tried to do the classic operas in English, and people tell me it's an absolute bomb when they've tried to. It's, it's, I've heard the same thing, Jim. I guess you and I, I can dig it. I, I can understand that. It just, it, it was... It, it's similar to the colorizing of black and white movies that disturbed me so much because the movie was shot in black and white and it was shot in in a way that would accommodate black and white. And you start messing around with that and you're changing the entire character and personality of the movie. And I think messing around with a language is probably the same thing. Not every opera was written in Italian, um, a German opera sounds different, but the story goes along with the language. Right. My opinion only. I I think when you when you get a piece written, you're not at liberty to mess around with it. Well, don't you think that some operas, at least to me, the the rhythm is set for the language. So in other words, exactly. So so I'm so used to hearing Toria Door or something like that. So sure. it's written for that rhythm of the language. Precisely. And if it's Precisely. written, if you transfer, it then it just throws the whole thing off. It does not translate. That would be, even not, in, not even in opera, but if there was a popular song in about 1973 or late 73, early 74 by a Spanish, a Spanish group called Los Sedados, I think is the name of the group. The song was called Alien 2 or Touch the Wind. And it was originally done in Spanish. 
So it was written for the language, and when it was sung in the language, whether you understood it or not, it made a difference. I hope so. I hope we we don't wind up with a group of children growing up at least not even knowing that this stuff exists. Well, that's why I'm, I'm encouraged. You know, I hope, I haven't seen it yet. I'm, I'm probably going to read the book. Others suggest I read the book first. I'm hoping a lot of young people like will see the Lincoln movie. Mm-hmm. Just to get an appreciation of what that era in history was like. And it's their first exposure to Abraham Lincoln, and they and they want to read more, study more, learn more. That's very encouraging, and I hope it does well in that regard. Yeah, yeah. I have a trivia question for both you two. Okay. I don't want to play. Oh, I think you'd be oh, good. Oh, all right. I think you you'd be good. I think you'd be uh, good. I, while while you were talking yeah. about radio. Yeah. That got me thinking, and here's the question. What genre that was heard a lot today in radio that was heard very little back during the golden days? A genre? Mm-hmm. It's heard very little today? It's heard a it's lot. A to, lot today and radio. very little back there. Yep. Um, in radio. And it's not, And I'm not talking about talk radio. Okay, you're not talking about Rush Limbaugh. Okay. No. Um, a lot today. Well, well, traffic report. There you go. I haven't thought about that, but you, I, I, uh, I didn't, I didn't not consider traffic the, report. The music stations that play, um, music that was popular. Well, that's not really true. No, mm-hmm. erase that. Right. Let me think. I wasn't thinking about music either. And we, we hear this a lot. News, we, well. Yes, yes, Jim, sport talk. In other words, sports is such a big part of broadcasting today. If you think about it, back in the golden days, you had maybe Bill turns on for five minutes during the day, and you might get a sport broadcast naturally on Saturday. Now, you, it's, it's, in a lot of cases, it's wall to wall. Uh huh. And they need to go to, and they need to go to English class for a few lessons first. I mean, you don't have um, you don't have Red Barber anymore. No, you're right. They yell at each other. They jump up and down. They talk over each other. So you're trying to sort out three conversations, not even three conversations, three people yelling at the same time. I agree with you. And I feel the same way about news talk. I, I mean, regardless of the agenda of the host. More conservative than liberal, but either either genre, the hosts seem to be shouting, angry, honest discussion. Hosts will argue with the caller or argue with the guest, and they're it's an endless circle. We we lost a good good talk show in Chicago a few months ago. The 
Dr. Milky Rosenberg, and he was on early 70s. They took him off, and I guess they're doing more, more conflict-educational talk. Mills would have very educational subjects, big collars, but it was honest discussion. He never yelled, mm -hmm. he never yelled at listeners. Yeah. I think you use the absolute perfect word when you said confrontational because it apparently sells advertising. People love, it. it it's my proverbial train wreck, people yelling that loud at each other gives them permission to yell at the television and it's like a train wreck. You're looking at these people and wondering who's going to throw the first punch and it sells advertising because people want to look at the train wreck. I don't get it. And the, host, and the host, in most cases, most of the hosts today, I don't think, are that. I have to be honest with you, they're not like the hosts when I used to listen 20 or 30 years ago. But most of the hosts today, to me, aren't that talented. And again, it has nothing to do with their political career. No, I no. I don't think they're that talented. The I agree. I agree. You don't no. have a Ray Bream anymore. I mean, uh, or you don't even have a, uh, even Larry King. Yes, yes. Ray or, or Farber. Uh, Barrett, not Barry Gray, Barry Farber. Barry Farber. Well, actually, the two of them were on at the same time. Yeah, Barry Farber, yeah. Uh-huh. You used to have the, and, and, and those guys did intelligent talk without shouting. Nope, did not shout. In fact, they had more control when they didn't shout. Um, and I discovered that in an emergency room setting when somebody was jumping up and down and yelling, you've got a splinter in my finger and you're trying to put together a car accident on the other side of the room. Um, the quieter I got, the lower they got because they couldn't hear me. <laughs> I, and I would start in a normal voice and then just gradually drop my voice. And I think that's the way some of the radio hosts we know about and we respected did the same thing. They talked very quietly, and it just disarmed the other person. Well, KMOX in St. Louis had a wonderful policy in the 60s and 70s. On their talk shows, the listener would call. You'd say, hello, you're on the air. The listener would make his or her comment, ask their question. Then the host would hang up and then give his comment. Uh-huh. There, no, there was no conversation between them. No discussion between the two of them. Ask your question, make your statement, goodbye. Now we'll hear from, from the person who asked the question of. I agree. Uh, well, then I have a question. Uh, you, have, you have a question? Yep. Well, I have a question for Walden first, and yep. then I have, of course, I always have a question for you. Yes. Um, are we starting to take nominations tonight? Yes, we are. All right. Well, we do. Yeah. So Jim says the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, the order is Gunsmoke, Amos and Andy, Family Theater, Six Shooter, and my awful shows, and I have loads of them. So it's across the board vote, and everybody gets a yes or no, or is there anything you want to swap out? You get what it's no. It's 
nice to hear the shows in chronological order. But if you're a Gunsmoke fan, for example, you can start right from the beginning of the recordings are available and follow the show the same way with the other And Amos and Andy, of course, we don't have that many 15-minute ones, but we at least have the half-hour ones. And, of course, your thing on Friday, it's just a grab bag, and you're always amazed at what's going to come up. You're always amazed at what it's going to be. You're never just, I mean, it's, it's, it's an element of surprise. Like, this really may be air, this is really on the air, this is really uh-huh. Yeah, and what I've been trying to do, and I think pretty successfully, is alternate weeks, half an hour show one week, and then two 15-minute shows the next week. Uh, I'm I'm leaning more in favor of 15-minute shows because it gives people a break in the middle. I mean, there's just so much awful you can listen to, and sometimes the half-hour shows are just brutal. They're <laughs> just brutal. So... Uh-huh. It it was just an amazing compilation. And what really gripped me, besides the budding in mother in law, what gripped me was that it was such attention that the the absolute focus of that show was divorce in nineteen thirty nine. And that was I mean, right up until the fifties and sixties there were there there was a cultural thing in many areas in many families where if someone was divorced, you just didn't say anything about it. And it was still uh, times when television shows were um, using the, well, she's a divorcee, watch out for her, or a divorcee moved in next door, I'm going to keep an eye on Harry type stuff. I mean, it just was not a cool thing to be divorced. And this was... Mary Noble, backstage wife. Manhattan, Mary Go Round. Yes, 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 and he had he had such a great. Um, articulation. You understood every single word. He didn't slur, but he had this sympathetic attitude about the characters who were going through such awful woes. And Lord Bond too is on several of the shows. Laura Lawton, and I think backstage wise, but certainly on Laura Lawton, he would say the story of what it means. Just saying that. Yeah, yeah, with all this feeling and empathy, yeah. <laughs> and of course, and even the way he did the commercials for things like uh, Bayer Aspirin or Dr. Lion's Tooth, Dr. Lion's Tooth Powder, just the way uh-huh. he or Double Dandering. Um, he could do That's... those things just, 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 just perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. So for anyone out there who hasn't heard the weekday, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, the half hour slot from 10 to 10.30 in the evening, that's Eastern time, 10 to 10.30 Eastern time, 
we have this string of shows that everybody voted on, and the high the high numbers took the slots. Gunsmoke got the most votes, and they're in the Monday slot, Amos and Andy, Family Theater, Six Shooter. And at the end of the week, I wind up Friday with some really terrible stuff. So that's what we're talking about tonight. And, um, you know, the 15-minute shows have an awful lot of soap opera stuff in there that if you listen to it standalone, it's worse than it could ever be as part of a storyline. But you know, the thing is, it, it, it's, um, you have favorites. You know, when, with the way we're doing these at night, there are favorites. I mean, like, you know, uh, gun, you know, there are people that love westerns, and Gunsmoke is certainly a great western. Miss mm-hmm. and Andy is a great comedy. Uh, certainly, Family Theater has had very compelling dramas on it. And those stories always gave you a good feeling when you listened to them. They did. They did. Nope, they would. They did it free. It is free, and uh, what I'm wondering, you know, that catchphrase, the family that prays together stays together. I wonder if it, if it came from the radio show. I don't know. I looked up that information one night when we first started talking about family theater, and uh-huh. I believe that's where I recall reading that that's where the phrase started. Wow. And uh, also that other statement on there, more things are wrought by prayer than... Yeah. And then here's the thing, when we talked to uh, Christopher Lewis, and we'll be pointing out in a few weeks, his mom was Loretta Young, and his dad was Tom Lewis, his dad was the famous producer who started Armed Forces Radio. He wound up uh, being one of the key figures of family radio, I mean family uh, theater, and so his probably his connection to power gave him entree to talk to people to do the show, and so it was interesting to see see that connection. Of course, she she started the very first one. Yep. Right. Oh, um, Larry has been recording my intros, and we're doing a couple of weeks at a time. So I have to hurry up and do my homework so he has enough time to clean up and and compact and squeeze everything together and get it over to the station. So um, this last time we did four, and I had a fifth already recorded. So, uh, you know, it was kind of – so – and that, oh, I'm so proud of myself. I'm five weeks ahead. Well, I know what I've done. I don't know how Larry set them up. Walden, do you know? Uh, I think we got a list, and I'm trying to think. Uh, if you got your little list, I can tell you which one it was. You remember, I think well, we put I notes. Can, 
I can tell you what we did. Yeah, um, we can give everybody. You already played Earn Your Vacation yeah. and Tell Your Neighbor. You already played that. Right. Um, I've got the Marmola Entertainers and Unsolved Mysteries together. Isn't that something, Jim? Yeah. Well, I know Unsolved Mysteries, of course, you know, when people think of that as a TV show with Robert and Jack, but it does go back to radio. Yeah. It does, and they're not connected in any way. Not at all. Not at all. The only thing that connects them is the name. I looked that up, and I thought, you know, this is really weird. Um, some of the shows weren't too bad. The one I picked um, is dreadful. <laughs> it's just awful. I beg your pardon? The one for Unsolved Mysteries, the episode you picked, or the series you picked? Well, the, the, the episode I picked. Some of them in the series didn't sound too awful and kind of interesting if I were just Lying in bed waiting to go to sleep. I guess I could do that. It was supposed to be a really spooky show, but it wasn't. But this one just was terrible. It, no, I mean, the act. A few weeks ago, you did the origin of superstition. Uh huh. Yeah, and the information was cool, knowing where it came from. But they took 15 minutes to tell a one-sentence answer, and they really had to scrape down low to get the actors for that one. It was really awful. Okay, so on uh, on that, we have, these are two 15-minute shows, the Marmola Entertainers. you got to listen to that, strictly for the advertising of Marmola. Um, Unsolved Mysteries, so those are two 15-minute shows, and the 30-minute shows are fantasy show. This is a, the show Fantasy, and the episode is Entity from the Void. And then I want to come back. The audition for I want to come back, which is another prison show. I know. And um, I mean, really, these poor guys. I was not impressed with I was a convict. And this one is I want to come back. They're interviewing people supposedly interviewing prisoners who want to qualify for their parole. They're up for parole, but they can't get paroled unless they have a job waiting for them on the outside, which is almost kind of a catch-22. How are you going to get a job if you're in prison, you know? There but a, anyway. There is a series that CBS did in 1950. I think Jerry's played it a few times, and maybe you can audition it. You can make sure it's – there is a series called Up for Parole. Ah, we have one of them coming up, too. <laughs> Assuming I get voted back in, uh, we're, what I've done with Larry finishes up my run, and then we start on the new set of series. So I can't play up for parole unless I get voted back in. And if I don't, I will still donate. Yes, it is. It's in my file. So I want to come back as a terrible audition. I have three recordings. Two of them are auditions, clearly auditions. The third one, I haven't figured out if it's a show or an audition, but it's the same script and the same music and the same band and the same awful stuff in all three of these recordings, and they're the only three recordings I could find anywhere. I'm hopeful that there's a reason we only have three left. It's because they only made three. I mean, it's really awful. So anyway, those are the ones that are coming up. And then we have um, the Green Valley Line and what came along with the Green Valley Line? 
Walden. Let me see here. Captain Danger. Yep, I think of Captain Danger. Uh-huh. Yeah, and it, I think it was strictly a local show. It it never went any further than that. Hold on. I'm, I'm still... Ooh, ooh, where, where? Friday scripts. Um, Green Valley Line was... Green Valley Line was... Green Valley Line was... I had it... Hmm. I lost the Green Valley Line. Walden, I lost the Green Valley Line. Help me. You want 26 more episodes to show up in your box? No. Oh, oh good grief, no. <laughs> good grief, no. 223 books, files, shows to pick from, to do, and that's the end. What the heck did I do with... Um, well, oh, here it is. I'm sorry. I didn't... I made an X on it. Captain Danger and the Green Valley Line are also on the lineup. So there are four more weeks coming up. And those are the four that we'll be playing. Well, Captain forward. Danger is pretty awful. Hmm? And I look um, yeah, you know, it's, it's fun. I, I, I scout around looking for information about these shows. And for some of them, there is nothing available which says that what we're listening to is, is rare because there wasn't a whole lot done with it. Um, No, he did not. He did not. And the only information, let's see, sound quality, what did I find here? Um, Walter Mason is the, is the only real chunk of information that I could go on, and it looks like this was the only show he ever did. Probably. Let me see what I've got in here. I was a convict. I want to come back. Where is my convict, Walden? Detectives. Origin of superstition. Orphans of divorce. To do. I was a convict. Gosh, where? I am losing all of my stuff here, and I know I've got it. I'm just not looking in the right place. Did we lose? Oh, here it is. Okay, it was with the black, with the black flame of Amazon. Black flame of the Amazon. Everybody needed to read that. Let's see. Uh, program from that ran 1946 to 1948. It was a mutual network. Um, the Society for the. Oh, here's here's what I thought. I I really searched really hard for this. Um, I was a convict. Was and this is what was announced on the show, done in cooperation with the Society for the Prevention of Crime. And there really was an organization. Now, the, the premise of this was to teach people how not to be criminals, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, but I did find some information in the Society for Prevention of Crime um, location. Which, and the society was founded in 1877 in New York City. And the, the, the stated mission was to work for the promotion 
of temperance for judicial and legislative reform and for public and legal education. How is that for a mouthful? Apparently, this is a very popular program. It ran from 46 to 48, and, uh, you know, a man who committed all these crimes and the motives to carry out the crime, it, it was really interesting. Yeah, he wasn't very complimentary. No, um, gee, I don't know. Um, it would, it would. On his show too. We, we were one night on Neil's show. We're talking about endurance, endurance. You know, somehow the subject of endurance came up. I forgot. Endurance, thing, like exercises and things, just the general topic. We joked about perhaps a true test of endurance would be to listen to the. Yeah. Well, I have to tell you, it had quite a quite a lot of everything. Detective Black and Blue, yes, he did. And uh, on the air, John Dunning's on the air encyclopedia of old time radio, and uh, it's a great book. Anybody who wants information about it, I would happily send it because it does go on sale at least once a year. And he does have information in here with uh, almost three years of uh, of a run, 333 episodes. Although I can't, I the best that man. I don't know where. Oh, as far as I know, just that little handful. Thank goodness. That would be a gold mine to have, not to listen to. And that's one of the things that you put in the glass case and say, look what I found, and then go on with your conversation. And I think Donning said, I think Donning even said in his book, I think he sort of said humorously, fortunately the cast didn't even listen in. There's not even a reference on the cast who was in the series. Correct. Correct. That was merciful as well. I think one night somebody is going to show up and say, that's the father you were talking about. Anyway, okay, well, I've got a question for you. Okay. Where did it go? Oh, there. And it was such a good one. Hold on. It's here. It's here. Mm, we got Philip Boynton. Um, uh, I won't ask you that. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Who was the honorary mayor of Van Nuys? Okay, we'll hold that one. Um, I'm going to ask you a two-part question here, because I know you know the first one. Who was J.B. Kendall? And what did J.B. stand for? Jeremy Bryan. Oh, Jim, how did you know that? You remember? matter of fact, I just heard an episode a few days ago where he edged it. Oh, he only did it in one show, and you got it. One show, and I've been holding on to that chunk of information. Every once in a while, I'll ask oh, poor Walden, and he'll say, um, John. Uh, 
going to do the whole set for you. Now, do you want them on CDs or do you want them on DVDs? MP3. And well, I know they're all the, the shows are on MP3s, but CDs, okay. All right. Okay. Sure did. We uh, uh, got to see a lot of our friends. Tommy Cook came over, and he gave me a bad time like he always did. And got Johnny Mathis, and uh, Wink, I talked to Wink Martindale. Wink, Wink, and I talked in the, in the hallways, and uh, uh, to Barbara Fuller outside, and Janice Jordan, Jim and Marion granddaughter, who's really close to Barbara. She's Recognize who I was, came over to talk to me, and uh, and I just saw a lot of nice Frank Brzee. We recorded our spot there with Frank, and uh, though has to be determined because uh, because uh, Larry got the files, and tonight is supposed to be where Larry is up is trying to put his computer back together. Today was the big day. Yeah, John's moving in, but today was the day they stretched the carpet and cleaned the carpet and tore all the computer stuff down last night and trying to put it all together tonight. And yeah, it's been moving. It's been moving time. And uh, tomorrow, yeah, tomorrow John and Gloria are having two brand new beds uh, installed and put in their place tomorrow. So. Uh, so we got the interview, so I'm thinking it's going to be April, you know. Oh my goodness gracious, you know, he, uh, he wrote the biography and sound series. He wrote, he, his, his first break was he and Ron Sterling for the two prize winner for Dr. Christian. Yeah, and he said he got five hundred dollars for it, mm. and he and he also worked at station WOW in Cincinnati for two years, and he did you know NBC University Theater and NBC Playhouse and uh, but he wrote the fr- NBC Radio Theater I've got somewhere from '59. But he wrote he wrote the famous salute to Fred Allen. Jack Haley. Jack Haley, that's right. We're, we're and all right, and it was also his idea to do the Teddy Roosevelt. So he was telling us a story. Um, he was supposed to interview 
uh, Eleanor Roosevelt. And somewhere, the subway or whatever got caught up, and he was uh, he was late. And he came running over to her, and she said, Don't worry, I've been sitting here just writing letters, and no, don't, don't, don't worry, I'm fine. And so that's what he remembers, and uh, uh, he remembers... Answer the door, and and not and he said, "Well, I'll keep two of us awake." She knocked on, and you could hear this actress voice, "Who heard the kind of the morning?" And she woke up her eyes, and she said, "Champagne." And, yeah, and, she and, had herself a little problem and, there. And she and her friend, they said, "Champagne for everybody to to it? No. Just for me, so she had a little bit of champagne, and read. She she read the piece, and she was so impressed. She wanted to know who wrote the piece, and they pointed to this young guy, Earl Hamner, and she said, "You did a great job." Well, I know he wrote several TV Twilight. Films. Yep, he did. He also told us a great story. He said, "I was." When I left WLW Cincinnati, that's the job uh, Rod Sterling took over. So he, I, I, he actually got his first paying gig because I left the station. And he said, when I went to Hollywood, Rod Sterling hired me for my first job in Hollywood. So it was, it was a fair amount. It was, we both helped each other out. Yes, that it was based upon a book, Spencer Mountain, yeah. and then they and then the uh, Coming Home, which was the first movie, was based upon his dad coming home Christmas Eve, 1933. He said his dad, you know, job was so bad, his dad would go through this block, uh, this job um, cities away, and then you take a train, you know. Massive trend, and then you had to walk home five miles. And the night his dad came home Christmas Eve in a in a blizzard, he never forgot. And that's what he sort of wrote the the first story on, and that's what they turned the movie into. And then that's what the Walton TV show. Yep. Yep. But it was based upon Virginia. So I got thinking about. Yep. Yep. And Earl can t- constant touch with all the cast members, and they write back to him, and uh, the and he got a really good blog on his website, keep people up to date what's going on. Yeah, it was a good 70 minutes. He was uh, uh, he was so congenial, so nice. And I was telling Janice Jordan, she said he was one, she she used to write for the LA Times, and that was one of the best interviews that she remembers because he was just so kind. Well, I do know that even after the Walters went off the air, they did a couple of 
Right. What's your... No, but those are his, and uh, he also after he left the Walton, he created the, the TV show The Fountain Crush. Oh, the one with Jane Wyman. Right, so he hired Jane Wyman, and I don't know if he created that or not. Uh, yeah. So. Well, Jim, you are. It's so good to talk to you because you went for a while without calling in, and we really missed you. Well, some week, what happens is some weeks uh, my computer is down, so I have to listen on the telephone. Yeah. And sometimes upsnap just acts up. Yeah. I can listen for a minute, uh, and I do all the right number connecting and pushing. I'll be listening for a minute, and then it goes to that off recording yeah yeah well I'm glad you've been straightened out at least for a couple of nights that you've been able to call in it's always fun to talk to you the awful shows well only if I get if I get voted in can I stay so I'm going to do some campaigning because I'm having a good time with this Yep. Yes, it is. So yeah. We, we got till Christmas. We got till uh, Easter. March so, 30th. Yep. Yeah. So we got we got the month of March. Okay. We we have some time. Yeah. So, well, I uh, thank you for the vote. Thank you. All right. So she like to vote for Patricia. She she vec she campaigning. Seven one four five four five two zero seven one. Well, William Conrad isn't around and. You know, Chester, and they, they're not around, and Family Theater, the good father isn't here, and Jimmy Stewart isn't, so I'm the only one who's available to campaign. <laughs> I think that is a shoe-in. <laughs> <laughs> However, <laughs> only only if, you know, maybe, maybe they're better off not being here. Uh, could be. They could be in I a good know. Well, place. I'm just going to campaign anyway. I want to stay on Fridays, but if you vote me out, don't worry about me. So Seriously, if, you know, if, you, if, if you'd rather have something else on Friday, by all means, give us some um, nominations sure. on what you would like to listen to instead of any of these shows, or do you want to keep some and dump the others in favor of something else but we need some votes here or oh, else well, she can just drag that awful show to to her home here on saturday so yeah that's right yeah. you're going to listen to them one way or another <laughs> <laughs> yes we are yeah. oh my goodness we did that a couple of times we played some terrible mm. shows from my really awful show collection that is growing because i discovered a place that has um, a collection of what he calls rare shows. Now, there are some in there. I mean, A Date with Judy, he put in a rare category. But somewhere in there, you know, when you when you listen to singles at a time, I think you're more likely or I'm more likely to find something really bad in the singles department than with entire series that were preserved. So what gave you the idea and concept of creating an awful show pile? Well... I was, you always come across some awful shows. I, I'm confident you have as well. 
And I don't know, it just seemed like I wanted to share it with somebody. You know, gosh, this is so bad. I really need to tell somebody about it. You were always my victim. And I thought, you know, this is starting to, to become a pretty good collection. Some of them were so terrible that I laughed at different points. Yeah. I thought, gee. So I don't really know. It, it, it's a great question, but I really don't know. And I said, oh, goody, let's start a collection here. I don't know. You know, I think so fun that I started a hobby when I was a little kid, and you started a hobby when you were a bigger kid. When I was a big kid, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and... and so you really big kid. Yeah, so your yeah. ears are trained. So you, me, because I was a little, a little kid, I was more forgiving, so I didn't have the awful, awful show file. And I think when you started as a bigger kid, you got more, your ears been trained somewhat, or what you know, what you like or don't like. So, it's, well, you it's know, fun. I, you know, it's, it's hard for me to form opinions on I know, stuff. I know, and, you, and you, about you, are, you are Casper Milto. There's no about that. <laughs> a, a Casper S. Milto. <laughs> oh, you are so much fun. So. I keep telling people, let me know, let me know, and I don't tell people how to let me know. You can send me an email at any time, any time about any subject. And keep open 24 hours a day, seven days a week at this. The at door this. is always yeah. open. Sometimes the bartender's not there, but the door is always That's open. Right. Yeah, Duffy's Tavern. That's right. Duffy ain't here. Um, so you can get in touch with me. Via email at Florida Writer, W R I T E R, Florida Writer at hotmail.com. And Walden has an email and he loves emails too. And what is my email address? Walden Hughes at yesterdayusa.com. Oh man, you're so good. I mean, that's pretty good. That's a pretty easy one to remember. Florida Writer is pretty good too. Yeah, I, I, we're easy to get in touch with. That's true. But the um, Renfro Valley, is Renfro Valley still playing on the station? Yeah, still is. I just love that show. It is so down home and folksy. Yeah. And it's got a, a religious bent to it. Yeah. But um, the music is just so good, and the singing is so good, and it, it's just down home folk. And they've got a line. Jim, who Jim Gaskin died, right. um, and, and gosh, he was. They wrote all his own material. Wonderful writer. Would do introductions to the music. It's a show. If you haven't heard it, I ask that you at least find it on a time when you're able to listen to it and listen to it just once. They've got a line at the end. We're easy to find in heart. We're we're easy. We're easy to find and hard to forget. Sounds pretty good. Yeah, I think that's what it is. We're, we're easy to find and hard to forget. So, Walden and I want to be hard to forget for all the right reasons. That's right. You know the who shows bro- that I play on Friday night are, <laughs> are hard to forget for all the wrong reasons. Well, what? and that's why Patricia whipped me on Friday via transcribe. I didn't want to share her with nobody else, so she was going to... 
Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm your lead-in, yes, aren't you're I? Right. Yeah. You, oh, I'm the warm-up. You are the star. Did I get that term right? Yes. I am the warm-up you, show. You are the star. We get. I I are good. You are good. You know who brought uh, Renfro Valley to the station? Ooh, a, let me think. A very good friend of yours and mine. Jimmy Nelson. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no one can. Oh, he did. Yeah. Nolan, you did good. Yeah. Um, I know how to speak English a little bit better than that. But that's part <laughs> of my. I mean, really. Uh, well, sometimes I think after we hang up that people think I am a uneducated person, but I are not. I are educated. I are. Um, we haven't heard from Nolan for such a long time. Oh, no. uh, gosh, he calls on Friday once in a while, so I guess he better, he better, well, he better call I, on a Saturday, and not break well, Patricia's heart. I have to be heart. better to him. I need to send him some stuff, and I, I've pulled together some kitty stuff. He's collecting right. kid stuff for his two, his twin grandchildren. Now he's got actually three, but the twins are getting old enough where they can at least sit down without fidgeting for just a couple of minutes and listen to some of the things that he has preserved for them. And I better check to see if the JFK stuff is done. It's been over jury, so I think it's done. So, no, and I'll get that to you. And that should be something that you sent over. So that's good. That's good. We're talking about Nolan Kenner. If you listen to the live show during the week, there is a voice that does an introduction for Bill Bragg, the man with a million friends, Bill Bragg. And Bill always says, why, thank you, Nolan Kenner. Mm -hmm. Nolan is the person who recorded the introduction, and he is a wonderful person. He calls in every once in a while on a Saturday night, and we miss him terribly because he hasn't called in recently. Well, he always tells me, I'm always listening. He just wanted to make sure. Well, he's an early riser, so we have to holler at him at about 4.30. Yeah. Maybe 5? Uh-huh. Not holler at him. Holler for him. <laughs> Dear me. Hey, no, I'm... Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. And we need votes. What would you like to vote for for the five days, half-hour slot, 10 o'clock Eastern? We now have Gunsmoke, Amos and Andy, Family Theater, Six Shooter, and Patricia's awful shows on Friday night. Would you like to keep the lineup, change some of it, change all of it? We need some votes. And if we don't hear from you in a few, we might play a radio show. That way I can go snack. So well, it's well, up I have to, to you, everybody. Well, I have stuff. I have stuff. Wait, wait. I have stuff. Well, I guess what the family knows they have choices here. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you you can do that. You, you know, can do that. You know, um, yeah. Paul Revere with Oh, oh. Oh, here is something I wanted to tell you about. I was digging around in old advertising, mm-hmm. and I know I found something, but it hasn't transferred over. What I did find was something from the war years, civilian war injury insurance. I'll tell you about it in a minute. Who's there? Hello there. Hey, hi. This is Paul Walden. And hi, Paul. Hi, Paul. Hi. Hey. Boy, I've been sleeping. Uh, so you just woke up? Yeah. Yep, I did. Well, uh, good. Uh, family theater. I guess I'll say family theater. Okay. You want to keep family theater? Keep family theater. Anything else? Keep family theater. You want to okay. keep the rest, or you want to change? You want to add some? 
add something to the list? So you say this is every day at... Every Monday, a Gunsmoke show plays. Every Tuesday, an Amos and Andy. Wednesday, Family Theater. Thursday, Six Shooter. And Friday is a terrible show from me. So we can keep that lineup for the next three months, or for the three months. Uh, this was January, February, and March. This is the rotation that was going. And we can keep it. We can change it. We can alter it. We can do anything we want. It's so ours. we're it's taking votes. It's well, ours. You know what? This, this, they sound good like they are to me. Okay. There's Just another like vote. Are. Okay. That's two, you know, four. I've been enjoying listening to Amos and Andy because I, I haven't really heard them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a fan favorite. People love Amos and Andy. So, so uh, everybody's from... Uh, 7 to 7.30 West Coast time, or 10 to 10.30, depending on what part of the country you are in, is where it's heard. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's, that's good. Hey, Walden, yeah. um, weren't, I uh, see one of the, I guess the Gassman brothers um, announced um, that um, they were going to be playing... The nuclear shows? Yes. Yeah. I think I, I, if it wasn't heard today between 12 and noon, uh, it'd be heard next week because same time, I mean, uh, the show, same time, same station, is heard a week later in Yesterday USA. And so if it wasn't heard today, it'd be on next week. They, I think John made it and he just forgot where the rotation was. Larry, Larry's the one that keeps track, you know, where things are. So, so, um, but no, they decided they would look back upon nuclear war and what, what would happen. Hmm. What an interesting concept. Interesting. Yep. In fact, Bob Hope did a four-part series on... Sporting the nuclear atom for radio. Interesting concept that it would be Bob Hope doing the narration, very serious topic like that. Yeah. But I was on the radio. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, you wouldn't expect that. Nope. Hard to picture him uh, doing anything serious except for maybe raising money for, um, you know, the needy. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, he's such a funny guy, boy. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've been enjoying when I hear him uh, also lately. You, you bet. Mm-hmm. You bet. So you guys are doing good. We were down for the first two hours. I had to reboot the computer. I had a a, a a modem issue, so we fixed that, and so we started at 9:30. So. Uh, so we, we're off and running now. We find, we had some glitches in the board. I, I think I realized Bill Bragg's been building me a new broadcast board, and it's time for me to get a new board. So some things were dying on me tonight. So so I wrote myself a note to remind myself to say, tell Bill, send out the new equipment. We're ready to sound better. So so we, we had some issues at the beginning, but hey, I think we're stable. Okay. Yeah. Uh, how, you tore up uh, 
your room this week? Uh-huh. Took us four days. Tore everything down. Monday, carpet in Tuesday, and took two days to install it all back in. It was because you were putting new carpet in. Yep. Mom, mom, mom wanted new carpet. So Dad painted the room in January, and then Mom, uh, and then it was time to do carpet. So that's what we did. Okay. Yeah. So, so it allowed me to get more stuff over to Larry Gaffman, so he quickly transferring more CD to hard drive. So, I haven't told my mom. I found six and a half more boxes. I'm going to get to Larry on Saturday when I see him. So, mom will be very happy. Okay. So, <laughs> um, that's going to relieve you of, of having a copy of those. Then. Yep. Oh, well, I got another 5,000 more to transfer, but I think it's easier for my mom and I to transfer them. So there's a lot of stuff that needs to get transferred. So, and Larry's able to do that, uh, different jobs all at the same time. And a lot of stuff I do during the day keeps me, ties up my computer. So I don't have the, uh, the freedom to, to do some of the same stuff. So it all works out. The other night, sometime, I heard you say, uh, I'm going to look at my watch. Mm-hmm. I have a Braille watch. Uh, the Gasmans have, I think, a talking watch, or they use their, their smartphone. But I, I'm i an old-fashioned guy. I have a Braille watch. Um, so I pop open my lid and the glass lid, and Braille is underneath it. And it's not really braille, they're bumps. Uh, so they're, split, they're broken up in five minute incre increments, racing from three dots to one dot to two dots. And so I put my finger and the handles don't move. And I can see where the time is and approximate. And that's how I, I, do, I tell time. And, and it's, uh, you say it's braille. Right. Oh. Yep. So the, there's a glass lid over it, like a regular, you know, crystal. Then I pop it open, and then it braille with the, with the hands. Braille hands. Well, the hands are regular, but the but the braille on the face of the of the of the watch. Oh, well, then the the hands must be. They have like a super. Super stiff yep. movement, so yep. you don't move the hands around. Yep. But I have no, I have known to I have known to uh, destroy a few watches in my lifetime. My my nickname is Tank. And <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, I kind of I get that from uh, how you when I asked you before if you use the uh, um one of the white uh, canes. Yeah. And, and you said no, you nope. just you just go for it yep. and, and crash and, or something like that. I lost, I, um, I, I was given a special watch back at the Boy Scout National Jamboree. I had my special picture taken with it because I was an Eagle Scout. And I think I lost it in the snow a couple of years because I was off skiing. So, you know, so I'm, 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 I'm a, I'm a reckless, I'm a tough guy. To, You're a menace. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that was an interesting. That was an interesting trip. I also we had a rent a condo 
the um the bells to and I was putting on my ski my ski boots and I accidentally tapped the window the swine glass window of my ski boot. Uh I can rest assure you there was a bunch of cracks I left behind, so we had to replace that. Yeah. Also, another time when I went skiing, and I never knew this. You know, we, um, we took a van, a bunch of kids, and we couldn't get out because it got so cold. The the uh, door was frozen up, and it's one of these swine glass sliding doors type. You know, where you have the handles, you can pull it, and the slide yeah. the slider goes out. Well, nobody could get out. So I went ahead and just grabbed the handle, and I pulled too hard. The handle came off in my hand. So <laughs> I would have, I, I'm, I could be a bit of a, a destructive kid. There's no doubt about that. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. Am I to understand that the Gasman brothers are both blind? Uh huh. They've been blind from birth. What a kid. Yeah, they've been blind from birth. I had it for the first nine and a half years. Yeah, I keep trying to remember how old you were, nine and a half years. Yep. Okay. So, so, but no, they, they're pretty incredible. Uh, you know, they're a lot older than I am. They're ten and a half years older, but, you know, I take, I take pity on my elders, what can I say? Well, that's a good thing to do. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're, you're swiftly on your way yourself, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seemed like just yesterday, you know, when, when, well, in a way that when uh, I was so much younger. You, what do you feel like, Paul? You feel like you're still 13 years old inside your body? Oh, not in my body, in my mind. In your mind, 13. My, what? My, my well, in my mind. Okay. Um, what about you, Patricia? What do you feel like internally? You feel like you're still a little kid? In my brain, yeah. Isn't it amazing how, I guess it, it shows you that internally we we don't we don't feel like we age. We just it's all the outer stuff that breaks down. No, we we don't. It's amazing. Yeah, it is. I I can't pick an pick an age, but I do. Try, I tell my kids that. Uh, you know what? It was just yesterday when I was, you know, your age. You know, it, yep. it was just yesterday. It's not that that long ago. It feels, <laughs> you know. And uh, now, now, you know, swiftly approaching. My father died when he was seventy-three. Died right. of cancer, and that's not that's not long from where I'm at. <laughs> you know, it's 55, I thought. Yeah, and, and, and let's face it, nowadays, 73's not that old. You know, and today... No, it, it, and uh, my mother lived much longer. Um, oh. And my dad, you know, he, he was always healthy as a horse. Mm-hmm. It was uh, surprising. But... Did that happen, you know? He was always... Some, did you say you're an Eagle Scout? Yep. Oh, I'm an Eagle Scout. great. I think my dad was somebody always, I was in Boy Scouts too, and he was actually a scout leader for some years for mm-hmm. us. And uh, when we went backpacking, and if, 
you know, there would be another father that came along that was in terrible shape, and uh, my dad would take his, his, their backpack and put it on top of his backpack and carry it for them. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty, pretty strong yep. guy. Um, see, I'm, I'm, I'm six two. Uh, I used to be six two and a half. I don't know what I am now, but mm-hmm. my dad was uh, right around there too. Um, yeah, but his his chest was bigger around than mine. He was. Uh, you got a really good camping story. You ever you ever camp in the snow? Well, we were talking earlier at the beginning about Patricia. Can you believe our Patricia's never spent one day of her, her life camping out? Oh. And, you know, you and I being Boy Scouts, that's been a part of our life, you know. Camping I heard out. a grunt while you were talking, Walden. <laughs> I have, there's another one who grunted Camp, at me. Camping camping in the mud, you know, camping in wet stuff. You got a good story about camping? Oh, well, yeah, I got I got several. I have, well, one, uh, a friend and I camped right over a, a nice, big, wet cow pie. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't see how we... How did we you smell? I missed that, you know. Yeah, I don't remember if it was dark when we got there, I'd be very surprised, but that, that was, uh... Well, you know what we call that, don't you? Remember what, you remember what we call those things when they dry up? Frisbees? Yeah, or buffalo chips. Yeah, buffalo chips. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah, they burn them, too. Yeah, they have a great smell, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. Um... Oh boy, uh, was one. Uh, this was at um, Mount Diablo, mm-hmm. which is in the, the Bay Area. Um, I'm not sure if it was a jamboree, but well, it's, uh, at least one other troop came, and and we had this big, big campfire, and I don't. I, I think I found out by accident. Uh, there was this thick, heavy, I'm going to call it a tile, but you know how um, there, there are these um, corrugated fiberglass mm-hmm. roof panels that, you know, are translucent. Well, this was similar to that, but it, but it, it was maybe three-eighths of an inch thick or so. And if you had pieces of it in your fire, after the fire got really big, they would explode really, really strongly. So um, I was helping build that big fire before, you know, it was lit. And uh, my friend and I, we put all kinds of that in the the campfire. And after uh, we were all around it and the campfire is big and, and, uh, those things started popping off, you know, they were mm-hmm. like firecrackers was what it sounded like. And then it would, uh, it would be shooting the little red embers all over the place, you know what I mean? It was so, so radical that we had to back away from the fire because <laughs> we were all getting shot at with, uh, these red embers. Oh yeah. So that, that was pretty funny. Um, 
in that same same trip, one, there was a rope swing. Uh, I think that, I think we put it up on the tree, and uh, one of our guys he swung over and and let go. Uh, hard to picture him doing it on purpose, but we hard to picture him, you know, accidentally letting it go. Anyway, he broke his arm, yeah. so he uh, he was taken by his dad, and he came back the same day with gas on <laughs> to <laughs> spend the time with us. And um, see, uh, I went on a 50 miler up at Yosemite. Wow. For uh, a, during a week, and uh, I really enjoyed that. And one morning, um, we were just uh, sleeping out in the open, and somebody yelled, "Bear!" And I woke up just in time to see him jumping over me and the remainder of guys in a row, boing, 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 right over our sleeping bags. But we saw several of them there when we were there. Oh. Yes, oh, uh, Lake Merced up there in Yosemite, mm-hmm. beautiful lake. It had this little, small, little waterfall that went into this pool of water. There was glacier rock on one side, and it it was constricted at one point so that it was only the water was leaving that pool in like, oh, maybe a three foot wide area. So the water was super fast mm-hmm. right there. And, uh, you know, my dad put the fear of God in us about falling in, you know, I don't want you, or don't go in the water, I don't want you drowning. And uh, for some reason, I, uh, well, after I had jumped over that area from this big boulder that was doing the constriction over to the glacier side that was all really slick and fairly steep. I took my boots off and I was gonna I was gonna fish uh, the, uh, prior the, this father and his two boys they caught enough trout there to feed all of us. Wow. Amazing. So I thought right, I'm gonna give my hand at it. Well once I had my boots off, I had them on my my left hand, which was towards the water, and then I had my fishing pole and salmon eggs in my right hand against towards the glacier rock. And everything was fine. Then there was a little area that I guess water was weeping out of that glacier rock, and so it was slick, and I went to step over it, but apparently I didn't make it. And I, and I slipped, and so as, as I was falling, I threw my fishing pole and salmon egg, you know, to the rock, and the salmon egg splattered, and, and I fell in this water with my boots, you know. Uh-oh. And all I could think was, you know, you know, you guys stay out of there, don't want you getting caught under the rock or anything and, and drown there. So I, I was scared to death, and I... I, had, I let go of the boots and, you know, just commenced to um, going down through this little chute, <laughs> from feet first and then uh, down the down the little I, I don't know I don't know that it was called a river but a pretty strong stream 
until it finally petered out. And actually, I, I enjoyed myself after I got past that little constriction. Uh, but my boots were nowhere to be found. Mm. Had a lot of hiking to do yet. Yeah, I mean, a whole, whole bunch of us were looking down the, down the stream and everything, could not find them. Um, and uh, I was very fortunate. Uh, one of the guys had a pair of tennis shoes, so I was able to wear his tennis shoes for the rest of the rest of the trip. Wow! Yeah, they were they were brand new boots too. Just just bought for this. See what you missed, Patricia. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my brother! I'm, I'm um, so deprived. <laughs> My brother was sleeping in a tube tent, and he, he had a bad dream, and uh, he tore he tore that that tent apart during during his bad dream. Mhm. Mm mhm. Mm yeah. Wow. Anything else? Let's see. Well, that must be interesting to have a bear jump over you. That was, that's a good way to wake up in the morning. Pardon me? That was, that was a good way to wake up in the morning and have a bear jump over you. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was pretty neat. I enjoyed it. What do you think, Patricia? I think it's another good reason why I never went camping. <laughs> I think it's a good yeah. reason for you guys not to go camping. <laughs> I think it's a great reason for canceling camping as an activity. It's hazardous to your health. Well, it didn't cause us any trouble, and we went through a lot of... Oh, of course not. You lost your boots, you fell off a cliff, and you got chased by a bear. Nothing happened. No. No. I, I, I remember... Uh, um, there was a little um, one at one end of that lake. Merced, there, it, it was there was a shallow area, and there was a big old, oh maybe 15 feet up um, ledge, rock ledge there. And I don't know, you know, kids kids do stupid things, and <laughs> friend and I were uh, throwing rocks down into the water. You know, just uh, I guess uh, you know experience them going plunk and mm -hmm. a ranger happened by while we were doing that and he chewed us out and he told us to go back there down there in the water and pick every rock out <laughs> which was you know how, how do you know which ones you did but, <laughs> but good yeah. ranger good ranger clean out the stuff yeah yeah no, mm -hmm. it was cold it was there was snow on the ground still, you know. Another good reason. I don't know what. This is a guy thing. Never mind. I'll never understand guy things. Yeah, Ever. Camping in the snow? That's a guy thing. <laughs> I never actually was in the snow when I went on. Um, I don't. I don't recall camping right in it. I know my brother did. He was a, a year older than me. But uh, we went up there and stayed in this 
big building, like a like a loft there. Uh, and it was a there was a tremendous tremendous storm, and you could hear trees crashing down around us. You know, my dad was pretty freaking for our life, pretty much freaking out. Well, I'll tell you an interesting story about how prepared Boy Scouts are. Um, a friend of mine was a scoutmaster, and the boys decided to camp back to camp. And the problem with the camp, uh, the trail had different cross, you know, crossroads to, you know, to change. And everybody had to write maps and everything to get there. Uh, so they wanted to start off early, and they did. And now everybody made it to the parking lot. And so they had to go back looking for the boys. And they got lost. And they were, the oldest was 12 years old. And he was the, he was the uh, patrol leader. And he kept hiking with the group. And then he realized that they were lost. So he he put everybody, he, he, he picked everybody tent. And they stayed the night. And while... Well, frankly, all the leaders and the parents were looking for him, and helicopters and rangers throughout the night, and they find they finally found found the next morning, and the kids weren't worried because they were fixing breakfast. They were sitting there doing their breakfast, so they had to finish their breakfast before they went home. And you want me to believe that this is a wonderful Boy Scout story about how everything wonderful happens in the woods, and the whole gang got lost. They got lost, but we they kept their wits about each other. They said, okay, let's just stay here and pick the well, tent. Well, this is good. That's like driving off a cliff and saying, don't let go of the rock. <laughs> That's right. Honest don't to goodness, go. you guys are something else. Well, no. Paul, what is your weather out there? The same thing happened on that 50-miler with us, only it was two people. It was a friend of mine and uh, his older sister's boyfriend that mm-hmm. came along. And I, uh, I guess they lagged behind and got lost on the very first day we started. Um, but the next day, um, somehow we got reunited with them. I think maybe they found the trail or something like mm-hmm. that. But yeah, and uh, my friend, uh, my dad had to remind me, he said, oh no, he was freaked out. He said, when we found him, he was crying. <laughs> So are you ready for guiding, guiding, guiding? So are you ready for a trivia question, Paul? Sure. All right. Do you have a preference? Comedy, drama. Uh, how about uh, comedy, like uh, Great Gildersleeve? Well, let me see here. How are you on Fibber McGee and Molly? That's good. That's a good one too. Yeah, I'll give that one a shot. <laughs> I have to find one. Hold on. Don't go away. It's on page four, paragraph two, Patricia, over there. See hey, what? It's over there. It's over. It, it's right here in front of me. Yeah. Who was the character named Latrivia? Mayor Latrivia. 
Very and, good. And where was he, Mayor? Which show? Which show was he mayor on? Oh, Fibber. That's right. Okay, Fibber. Now, do you remember where they lived? This is not part of the question, but this is just from me to you. Um, do you remember the name of their town? I'm, I'm trying to think of a youthful vista. You're getting close. Yep, yep. You're almost there. Something, something right. You're honest to goodness. You've got. Do, 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 do. Um, there are four syllables, and you've got three of them correct. You just got to change the first letter. The first letter itself. No, it's, a, it's more than it's, it's the first syllable. Yeah. Yeah. They oh, you know, I'm going to tell you, you sound like I made you... And, and, they, and, they, and their house is 79. What, what? That's a good clue. Their house, their house number is 79. When Molly answers the phone, she says 79. What? I'm going to tell him. Walden, this is terrible. I, I can know. hear him groaning there. I know, I know. Yeah, it's wistful, this guy. Wistful. Yes. Yep. You you had three out of the four. You said youthful vista, and you had the full yeah, vista. I'm like, what? What's gonna just be one syllable now? <laughs> one of... syllable. The first syllable. It was wistful vista. Yeah. yeah okay. Wistful. All right. So now we're down to the what would you like list. Um. Well, you've been growing my fiber, so let's just. Keep it going. Keep going More fiber. Until, until we get to the end. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Jeez. You got it. I appreciate that. Very My good. pleasure. My pleasure. Will you stay warm and have yourself a better week this week? Thank you so much. I okay, we'll talk to you. That. All right. We'll talk to you soon, Paul. Thanks. Okay, you guys too. You guys have a great week. Okay? We will. Thank you bunches. Bye bye. All right. Bye bye. All right. Okay, so. You sure you don't oh, want to yeah. go camping? Uh, say what? You sure you don't want to go camping in the snow and have great wee bears jump off of you? And... Did I? Did I hear? There's something in the background. I'm hearing a voice in the background. And <laughs> he's saying something about. What was that word? <laughs> I think it's an S word. Are you sure you don't want to go camping? And have, That's the word. Yeah, Grace, we better jump over in the snow and lose stuff in the water. Can't wait. I, I just, I am so worked up about this. Who's going to take me out to the woods? I mean, can you tell from my voice how excited I am about this? Well. <laughs> well. <laughs> yes. 
Well, how are you going to handle when we when you live in the woods? Oh, this is my magical woods. <laughs> we have no critters. We have pizza delivered, but nobody else knows. And as soon as they leave, they forget where they were. A big library, but I get to be the librarian uh-huh. and stuff like that there. Oh, okay. So it's, it's not woods living. And besides, I'm going to have a very big tree house. This is not like a hunting blind. This is a tree house <laughs> we're talking about. Yeah. So you're telling me... Yes. Patricia ain't going to be camping out by her wood, her wood tree house. Silly Walt. <laughs> no. Oh, gosh, shucks. Camping is an S word. Oh. It is. Uh, although... You know, why killing each other on a hundred yards? A strip of grass is a a sport. And getting elbows in the teeth is a sport. And getting 